There's an uneasiness growing within today's parents. Questions arise around what our kids are being taught, exposed to, and influenced by. Thankfully, a fully engaged, well-informed parent is a powerful thing. And that's why I support Answers in Genesis, and I would recommend you do as well, because it's important to remember that the battle for our kids' minds isn't one in the courts or the classrooms. It's one from the safety and comfort of our own home. So be the difference our kids need and visit www.answers.gift today. Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a ministry of Crossview Church with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. Today we're continuing on a series called Dangerous Prayers, where we're talking and discussing uh, ways that we can pray, but that are more than just safe and comfortable. Uh, by the show of hands out there, guys, help me out. How many guys would admit to me and just say to me, you know what, I believe that God is powerful and that when we pray, he hears our prayers and he moves and touches people's lives when we pray. Everybody raise your hand all across this place, okay? Majority of you in the house, I'm glad to hear that in good company. I know for me, uh, growing up, I believed in prayer, but I believed it was something all my dad could do, only my mom could do. I didn't really see as a young person I was able to do. I remember the three prayers I used to pray. I had three times I would talk to God, okay? One was when I walked into class and there was a test that I didn't study for. I remember praying really hard for the test I didn't study for, I didn't even try for. God, please show your grace on me. Give me the answers. Just drop them right there in my head. God, help me, please. I remember the second prayer was when I would get in trouble by my parents or when I get in trouble by my dad, when I would hear my name, Kevin called for my father, I prayed because I knew the wrath of God was coming my way. I knew that something was going to happen and judgment was going to fall on little Kevin because he was always innocent. I was always innocent, guilty, never guilty, always convicted as guilty, but I was innocent, all right? Third one was, the third time I would pray is when there was a beautiful girl and I wanted to get her digits and I wanted to get her numbers. Now, back in the day, listen, we weren't like you, you fancy kids today that you got to do all the Snapchat and all the text. No, 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 no. You had to ask them for a phone number and the phone number was to their home. You all remember this? To their home. They had to get paper and pen out, man, and write down their number. And then, oh man, that was nothing. Getting the digits was easy. It was getting past mom and dad on the other end when you had to call, right? Oh man, that was scary because you didn't have a one line, one way direction. It was like you picked up and if dad answered, you hung up right away because they didn't have caller ID back then. You could do that. <laughs> you didn't go through dad, man. You waited for mom. Mom was the door to their daughters, you know, and you like, hello, ma'am, how are you? This is Kevin Hardcastle, um, and I was just calling to see if uh, little Sally could talk. And I didn't call her little. I said Sally could talk. And, and they, 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 they oh, well, you're a very pleasant young man. I was like, ah, sucker, I got her. I got past the door. I got past the door. Those are the times that I prayed growing up. I know growing up, my prayers were pretty lame, pretty lifeless, powerless, empty, selfish, self-centered, self-absorbed. My prayers were pretty much all about me. You know, the simple prayer, God is great, God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Yep. Good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Here's one, you all know this. Dear eight pound, six ounce, baby Jesus. <laughs> 
Bless this bountiful harvest from Domino's. <laughs> we have we all have our ways that we pray and we don't pray. God, would you please somehow bless this foot-long chili dog with tater tots, chili cheese on top, and cherry limeade for the nourishment of my body? What an impossible prayer. <laughs> but we pray it anyway, right? Incredibly safe prayers. And last week, I started talking with you about dangerous prayers. And the dangerous prayer last week we talked about was, God, make me bold. Don't let me be weak. Don't let me be wimpy. Make me bold in my faith. And I challenged you all last week to pray that prayer every day. Make me bold. And I said that when you pray the prayer, God will give you opportunities to be bold. And you either be bold or you will shun by, back and you will shut her down and you will not be bold. God gives us opportunities every day to be bold. The question is, do we take advantage of those opportunities? I know just this week alone in my bold faith where God had to make me bold, some of the things that God put in my way I never saw coming. I never would have guessed that God would have used the circumstances that I was put in to make me bold. But he did. So we're talking about dangerous prayers. And today, I want to go from make me bold, and this is going to build, this every week is going to build, to this prayer today is God speak to me. Say, turn to your neighbor and say, God speak to me. The story of a little boy that was kneeling down to pray with his mom and his grandma one night. He's talking to God, and he says, God, I, God, I just pray that you'll touch mom and dad and that you give me a bike for my birthday. That Lord, you touch grandma and grandpa. And you give me a bike for my birthday. And Jesus, you just... Just help me in school, help me to be a good student, and give me a bike for my birthday. Amen. And mom says, his mom says, son, God's not deaf. You don't have to scream. He said, yeah, but grandma is, and I want to make sure she heard me. <laughs> Today we're talking about dangerous prayers in God speak to me. And I want you to open your Bibles to Samuel chapter 3. This is in the Old Testament. We don't go to the Old Testament a whole lot. It doesn't seem like, seems like we say a lot in the New Testament. But in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we're going to read a story today about God speaking to a little boy and what God said to a little boy and how that word that God spoke to this little boy revolutionized and changed his life. Let me give you the backstory. Let me give you kind of the context, okay? So Samuel, this, this man named Samuel, uh, was, was an amazing, amazing godly man in his, in his older age. But throughout his whole life, he seemed to just have a, an ear bent to God. Here's what his story was. Samuel was the son of, a, of, his, of, of Hannah. Hannah was his mom. Hannah was barren. Aunt Hannah was unable to have children. She wanted to have children so desperately and so very bad. So Hannah went to the temple and asked the priest to pray with her that she would have a son. And she made a promise to God. She said, God, if you give me a son, I will dedicate my son back to the work 
of the Lord. She just wanted to have a son so badly. So she goes and she, she makes this promise, and sure enough, she she's, conceives a child, she conceives a son, she's born that son, she names him Samuel, and Samuel, after he is weaned from her, she takes him back to the temple, and she presents him to the temple to serve, literally giving her son over to the service of the Lord. What an amazing story. What an amazing promise kept. Something she wanted so bad. And when God gave it, she gave it back. It's the whole reason why we talk about dedication. Baby dedication is why we do baby dedication in the church is because we believe in dedicating our children back to God. She literally physically dedicates her son back to, God, back to the temple to serve under the priest Eli. Now, who is Eli? I'm giving all this story because it's going to make more sense. Eli is the priest over Israel at the time, and let's just say he's not the best priest in the world. He has some moral issues. His family has some moral issues. His family's undisciplined. His family makes lots of poor decisions that reflect on him, and it's really just kind of a very, uh, a very unhealthy time in, in the temple times, in the priest times. Now, Samuel, fast forward in his life, he's about 10 or 11 years old. Fourth or fifth grade, think about that. Think about your fourth or fifth grader. He's serving in the temple. He's serving under the priest Eli, and he doesn't know everything that's going on. He's just kind of living his life and staying in his lane. Well, one night, he's sleeping, and he hears an audible voice that says, Samuel. He wakes up. He goes down the hall to Eli the priest, and he says, yes, sir. What can I do for you? Eli wakes up and says, I did not call you. Go back to bed. Samuel goes back to bed. He goes back to sleep. He hears, Samuel, Samuel. He wakes up. He goes down the hall. He wakes up Eli and says, Eli, did you call me? What's going on? What do you need? He says, I did not call you. Go back to bed. And as he gets ready to leave, Eli thinks, huh, something's going on here. I don't know what it is. So he says, Eli says, listen, Eli, the next time that voice calls you, say, speak to me, Lord. I'm listening. Eli goes back, to, goes back to bed, goes to sleep, and he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And he wakes up and read with me in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 10. He says this. He says, speak to your servant. Uh, speak, your servant is listening. Speak, your servant is listening. God, speak to me. I'm listening. What do you want to say? Bow your heads with me. Father God, help us today to hear your voice speak. God, that's a dangerous prayer. It's a dangerous prayer because sometimes... We won't like what you had to say. Sometimes what you had to say is challenging. It's life-changing. But God, what you had to say will heal our wounded lives. So God, I pray, let your word speak in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. What's interesting here in this story is that 
Samuel says, speak, your servant is listening. You know, what you're going to find out is what God says sometimes in our life when we say, speak to me. Sometimes what he says is not always what we want to hear. Not always what we want to listen to. I'm sure Samuel would have liked it if, if it would be okay if God would have just said, oh, okay, I got your attention. All right, go back to sleep. I just want to make sure you're listening. Yeah, just checking. That would have been great. That had been easy way out. Or if he would have said, hey, oh, Samuel, hey, I just want to tell you you're doing a good job. Good job on the serving. Good job on giving of your life. Good job. But let me ask you a question, quiz time here. How many of you guys out here know or how many guys would say, uh, how often was it that God, whenever he asked people to do something, it was ever easy? How many times did God ever ask something of human beings and it was just easy? Anybody know? I'll answer for you. Zero. There has never been a time in Scripture when God asked something of humans that it was easy. Think about it. Noah. Yeah, Noah... I want you to build a big ark. An ark? What's an ark? Well, it's a big boat. What's a boat? A boat floats on water. Now, some of you are not even going to know this. What's water? What, what does that mean, float on water? Up to the time of Noah, there was not the rain that we see today. Whenever they talked about rain from the sky, Noah was like, what? There's water from the sky. It was all very foreign to him. And here's God saying, I want you to build a big boat to put all the animals in to save all humanity. What? Impossible. That's why they scoffed him. That's why they mocked Noah. That's why they made fun of him. Because he was, in all intents, he was cray-cray. He was off his rocker, crazy, for doing what he did. Jonah Jonah, I want you to go preach to the, the, the infidels, the sinners, the, the total reprobates of Nineveh. I ain't going there. That place, is, they'll kill me. If I talk about who you are, they'll, they'll kill me. Why would I go? That's a death sentence. I want you to go, and I want you to do it. They ain't going. What does he do? Jumps on a boat, goes through all things, gets swallowed by the big fish, gets vomited up on the land. Then he says all of a sudden, okay, I'll go. Got it. Little girl in the New Testament, living her life. An angel comes and says, you're going to give birth to a son. How can I give birth to a son? I'm a virgin. You will conceive. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will conceive and you will give birth to a son. You will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. Doesn't sound easy. Ridiculed and mocked and made fun of, especially in those days. Her husband, our soon-to-be husband, Joseph, talks about in Scripture where he was going to quietly divorce her or do away with her until the Holy Spirit came to him and said, no, no, no. Guess what? This task for her is a task for you. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to be the dad. When we serve God, there are going to be times that outside of our comfort zone, outside of where it's comfortable, God calls us to deeper places where it's not easy, where our faith is stressed, is tested, our stress is felt like maximized. We say, God, make me bold. But sometimes the way God makes us bold is he puts us outside of our comfort zone to step out and to go to places we've never been. Little boy, 
Samuel, 11 or 10 years old, God speaks to him. He says some things to Samuel that were not comfortable, that were not fun, that he was putting on top of Samuel a load that most of us as grown adults would not do. Doesn't say, I'm going to bless you. Doesn't say, hey, that girl that came in the temple today, that caught your eye, I'm going to let you marry her and have kids with her. Your life is going to be amazing. Didn't say that to him. He said, Eli, or he said, Samuel, this is what he said. He said, hey, Samuel, what Eli the priest is doing that you're serving under is not right. His lifestyle is not lining up with where you, where I want him to be. His family is rebellious towards me. He is outside of the law that I have commanded for priests to live. And so, Samuel, I want you, an 11-year-old, to go and tell Eli that he needs to basically get it straight. Now, isn't that just mind-blowing? I've read this story throughout my entire uh, Christian walk, and I've always said, God, why would you put such a heavy burden on a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old, fourth or fifth grade? Why would you lay that on them? And here's what I've always heard back from God, because they're willing to listen. And I think about my own life. I think about how busy I get and how crazy life gets. And I keep things going at the maximum level and never really slow down to listen to maybe what God is saying. And I'm here to tell you today, like I said last week, don't pray, make me bold, if you don't really want God to make you bold. No more than don't pray for patience if you don't really want God to give you patience. Some of you say, well, I don't pray for patience. You should. You need it. But the way God makes us bold and the way God gives us patience and the way God speaks to us is he puts us in a in, a, in, in environments, in situations where our boldness can be tested, where our patience is tested. That's right. That employee that you work beside, that's your patience test. Those kids you're raising, oh, dear Jesus, that's your patience test. When that, when that son or that daughter you tell them, and you tell them, and you tell them, and they still do it? God, thank you for the test of patience, but now how do I not kill them? Right? God puts us in a place of testing. See, prayer, when we talk to God, is not a one-sided directional communication. Think about your relationships that you have. If you did all the talking and you did all the speaking and you did all the talking and speaking, talking and speaking, and they never fed back and they never said anything back to you, someone's going to wind up not knowing where we're going. When we talk with God, it's a two-way conversation. It's not just about what we say, it's about what we hear. The question I have for all of us today is how well are we listening? 
We say a lot. Our prayers are riddled full of requests. Our prayers are full of gimme, gimme, gimme. I, I, I. This is what I want. This is what I want. Our prayers, our prayers, even even in a, a time where we're praying for our other people, they're almost selfishly demanding from God something that maybe it's not even what God wants to do. How do we learn to hear the voice of God? And I said it, how do we learn to hear the voice of God? Look what Samuel did. Samuel thought it was someone else. He didn't know how to hear the voice of God because we have to learn how to listen. I do a lot of hearing, but I don't do a whole lot of listening. There's a difference. Some of you right now are hearing me preach. Charlie Brown all over again. Others of you are listening to me preach. You're leaned in. You're taking it in. You're saying, didn't like that. That hurt, but I needed to hear it. Ooh. Some of you hear, and this is what you hear. I hope he's listening. He better be listening to what he's saying. He's preaching to him. Others of you are listening and going, that's me. That's me. I need that. That's for me. We have to learn how to listen and hear the voice of God, how to, how to listen to the voice of God. Three spiritual thoughts I want to give to you guys today about how we can hear and we can listen to the voice of God. First one is this. We must fight to be still before God. Fight to be still. Turn to your neighbor and say, be still. Psalm 46 says it this way. Be still and know I am God. It doesn't say be frantic. It doesn't say be busy. It doesn't say to be uh, going crazy, getting everything in place. It says be still and know that I am am God. When was the last time you were still before God? When was the last time you shut everything off and you just allowed God's presence to just be with you in the stillness and the calmness of the moment? Now, I know what some of you are saying. Who got time for that? I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time to be still. There's so much stuff going on. I got, I got work to do. I got kids growing up. I got school now putting all this extra pressure on me as a parent. I'm no teacher. I got all this stuff pressing in. How can I be still? So I would just ask you a question. When was the last time you binged a Netflix movie? Ooh. When was the last time you sat on your phone and endlessly scrolled in mindless hours of nothingness and getting worked up about stupid things that are out there? When's the last time you took out the time to post a, a blog or, or something on Facebook that really it doesn't mean a matter of a amount of hill of beans, but you've done that instead of being still before God? I challenge every single one of us in this place to think about that. When's the last time Instead of sitting down in front of the TV and just watching, you turned it off because it can fill your heart with so much anxiety and so much stress. The, the news and all this stuff that's going on, man, it can just overwhelm you. But God wants us to be still and know he's God. I challenge you. Think about that. 
before the next time you post something. Think about that the next time before you put out there. How many, how many games your kids, how many sports your kids really need to be involved in? How involved do you really have to get your life to where you're so consumed that you're overwhelmed by life, consumed by life, stressed out by life, maximized life, and yet there's no real peace in your soul because you've kept life going so crazy. Be still and know he is God. When's the last time you just shut everything off? You and yourself. I know this is tough with kids around a lot. Find a secret place, and you just say, okay, God, my life is overwhelming. Help me. That's why Jesus said, he said, listen, when you pray, don't be like the religious people and go out on the street corners and say, God, I pray you help me, and I pray you do this for me. He said, no, no. You go to your closet, you lock yourself behind the door, and you quiet your soul, and you talk to the secret God who's in your life, who's going to help you navigate the challenges of life. You get still before God. And then you might hear his voice. You say, what? I'll hear his voice? Will he audibly talk to me like Morgan Freeman style voice? I don't know if that'll happen. Can't promise you it will. Can't say it won't. But here are four ways that I know God speaks to us today in our time that we live. Number one, he, God speaks through his word. Says his word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to pierce the bone and marrow of the spirit. His word speaks to us. You don't know where you need to stand on a situation? You don't, need to, you don't know where you need to stand in life? His word will answer you every single time. I'm not talking 50% of the time. I'm not talking 70 or 80. I'm talking 100% of the time. Your answer to life is here. This is his word, and he will speak to you through it. Countless times in my life, I've been wrestling with something, struggling with something, been attacked by something, been attacked by people, been attacked and false things said, and I would want to retaliate and lash out, but instead God says, oh, no, no, no. Kevin, be still and know I got your back. I got it. Walk confidently in me. God speaks through his word. Second thing is, God speaks through people. God speaks through pastors and parents and teachers. Yes, young people, your parents are not morons. You know who you are. They're not idiots. They know what they're talking about. They've learned a few things in life. Probably the stupidest thing they ever did is they gave birth to you. I'm sorry. We'll delete that out online. God speaks through poems and songs and worship songs. And God speaks through, I think, you know, I'm just going to tell you, God can speak even through social media when social media is used for the glory of God. God speaks through people. Third thing is this, God speaks through circumstances. 
places you've been, things you've done, the pains of life, the highs, the lows. God speaks through circumstances. God will allow certain circumstances to come your way. You'll make bad decisions. You'll wind up at a bad place. God will say, did you learn your lesson? And God will, at times, provide a way out. Sometimes he does it. Sometimes he allows us to navigate through it. But God speaks through painful places and circumstances. Number four, here's the fourth one. God will speak through his Holy Spirit. Some of us today don't even know what that means. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that, that Spirit of God that was promised to us when Jesus left this earth. He said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, but I'm going to send another after me who will comfort you, who will guide you, and who will direct you. The Holy Spirit will navigate your life it is the Holy Spirit that puts that, that, that feeling inside of you. When you're praying about a situation, you're praying about something that needs to come up, or you're looking for God, uh, you're looking for a, an answer in his word, it's the Holy Spirit that will lead you to a verse that will pop out of the pages. You may have read it a hundred times, and all of a sudden you read it the hundred and one time, and it's like, boom! That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is powerful. The Holy Spirit is overwhelming. And far too often, unfortunately, we ignore him. We neglect him. We stifle him. We say, God, Holy Spirit, guide me, direct me, guide me, direct me. And then when he tries to, we say, well, that's just stupid. I'll just go my own way. And we make our own decisions and our own path. The Holy Spirit is that internal, I call it unction, I call it drive inside of you. It's the Holy Spirit that, that as I'm walking through public places and I see someone that just kind of catches me, just, I see them and I just go, hmm, I don't know what that's about. Something just drives me to be like, okay. They're going through something. I don't know what it is, but they're going through something. And I, the Holy Spirit is the one. And I promise you this. I've gone up to people and freaked them out by saying, listen, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know somehow God wants you to know he's with you. And can I pray with you right now? And they're like, I mean, this is complete strangers. You're like, you do that? I'm weird that way. I'm not better. I'm just weird that way. I literally have learned in my life Obey what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Where you go to work out, someone's on the treadmill next to you. I don't do that, but if I go work out, I'll think about it. Someone's on the treadmill next to you, and you just kind of got your music on. You're doing your workout. You're doing your plan. And all of a sudden, as you're working out, you just, see, you just sense. You just sense, okay, this person to my right, they're struggling with something. I don't know what it is. And you, and, and you, you do your thing, and you go, you know, and work out. You kind of stay in your lane. When you kind of do this, you're kind of like, oh, my gosh, we're like outside the bubble, you know, and you're like, how you doing? Like, Fine. What was he talking to me for? Don't talk to me. You know, the workout's kind of like a personal thing, and I kind of get in people's space. That's probably why they don't like me working out all the time. <laughs> you just kind of get, and you just kind of, you kind of just feel out the situation. You just, you just pray, and you just say, okay, well, I don't really know where you're leading me, God, but Holy Spirit, you're speaking, so I'm going to obey you. I've said this time and time again, man, some of the most discouraged people are the people checking you out from grocery stores and places and, and retail places. 
man, don't ignore them. Look them in the eye. Say, how are you doing? They're, they're robotic in how they say, how are you doing today? That's everybody. But you saying back to them is different. I'm doing very well. How are you doing today? Uh, it's a trick question. So nobody asked me that. I don't know what to say. What do I say? And you say, hey, you're doing a great job. Or, hey, listen, we know it's very hard during the pandemic. Thank you for being essential. You're so valued. Sad that it took a pandemic for us to realize how valued you are. Man, what would that do to a soul? Huh? Isn't that just powerful? Listen, isn't that powerful, you guys? You with me? Huh? Anybody out there? Yeah. All right, some of you are listening. Be still. Second thing is this. Not only would you be still, be willing. So often our prayers are babbling on and on and on about ourselves. I wonder sometimes if we almost insult God because we're so much consumed with ourselves that we never really ask him, God, what do you want to do? We need to ask God to use our gifts, to use our positions, to use our promotions. Ask God to use what we've been given to touch another life. And be willing to step outside your comfort zone to do it. I don't know what it is for you, but maybe God would, you would say, God, speak to me. And what God would say to you is you need to give that employee a bonus for working through COVID. Or you need to take care of that person for whatever the situation is, or you need to help this person out. You don't do it with uh, arrogance. You don't do it with boastfulness. I'm going to help you out. Do it quietly, peacefully, in the quietness. Be willing to go beyond yourself. God, show me where's the need, and let me be willing to do something about it. You see somebody who is struggling, you have extra cash in your pocket, you quietly give it to them. You say, what if they go get drugs with it? None of your business what they do with it. Your business is to obey what God and the Holy Spirit has told you to do. I've preached that to my kids for years. I could care less what they do with the money. What I care about is I obey God when he tells me to do something. And God may call you to do something and obey him. Be willing to step outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes we feel like we haven't heard from God. Sometimes we feel like we don't hear from God because maybe we haven't obeyed him with the last thing he told us to do. We haven't done the last thing, so he can't tell us another thing because he's still waiting for us to do what he asked us to do. Which leads me to point number three. Be still, be willing. Number three, be ready. Be ready to take action when God says go. Be ready be, will, be still, be willing, and be ready to get out. What did he do? The little boy, Samuel's laying in bed, and God says, this is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to say. What does he do? He gets up, and he goes, and he does what God told him to do. It's a dangerous prayer to say, God, speak to me, because he might. And what he says to you is going to call you to action. And you got to be willing and ready to step up to whatever it is he calls you to do. You say, I feel inadequate. I'm unqualified. I can't do that, Pastor Kevin. You're a pastor. I'm not. How can I do it? I'm telling you here and now, anything that God has asked me to do, he's asked you to do as well. In your place, in your field, in your foreign field that God has placed you. I look around here. I see teachers. I see, I see uh, uh, people who work in the social work system. I see individuals who 
uh, work as law enforcement doctors in here today. I look around this, I see factory workers, and I see, I see people wearing blue collar and white collar. And here's what I'll tell you, and this is the guarantee I'll give you. No matter where you're at, God has given all of us a task. And the task is to be bold and to speak when he calls us to things that are greater. A voice to the voiceless, we are called to be. To give financially above and beyond our tithes and offering to someone in need today. They're out there. They're everywhere. God calls us to be still, to be willing, and to be ready. Can't pass the buck. You can't say, well... They can take care of that, or that's what the church is for. We are the church. You and me, we are the church. The church is not about this building. The church is, this building is a place where we come as believers to grow strong in our faith so that we can take and live our faith out beyond these walls. So the dangerous prayer, God, make me bold, God, speak to me, is something that not everyone in here will pray, but I challenge you this week, if you pray, Make me bold. And you pray, speak to me. Watch what God will do. Bow your heads with me today. Father God, help us. Help us to be bold in our faith, God. A world full of chaos. A world that, unfortunately, God, that So painful. So much hurt going on. God, we watch the news and we see what's happening in our, in our country and it can't make you happy. It can't make you happy not because of Republican or Democrats or not because of, of any movement that's out there, God. What, what doesn't make you happy is that your creation the one you made is hating towards others. Your creation is destroying each other. But Father God, you called us to be a light into darkness. The church is to be a light into dark places. Lord, we're called to live as examples beyond these walls. That when those who do not believe in you, when those who struggle in their faith, they may look to us as a guidepost, as a benchmark, as a milestone. They could look to us and they could say, you know what? They're steady. Because they're steady, they must be holding on to something greater than what I'm holding on to. They're holding on to Jesus. They just have this illustration you guys can open your eyes for a minute just thought about you know we we have a we have a country just full of of, of lots of lots of pain lots of pain beyond the the riots and beyond the, the 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 social injustice that's taking place and beyond all that i mean we have a hurting nation hurricane hit our rocked our southern 
uh, part of this country this week. Uh, Duracho, I can't ever say it right, but that thing came through Iowa and devastated people's lives. People's lives are still being, having to go through recovery. So much pain is all around us. But I, I, I think about, as, as I was thinking about, and as I was praying, I just got this picture in my head and I just, I wanna obey the Holy Spirit. I just think about uh, a lighthouse a lighthouse out there in the ocean. And its purpose is that it would be a beacon of, of safety, that it would show, don't go here, this is where rocks are so the ships can navigate around them, the lighthouse, that's the purpose. But it's interesting to me, the same lighthouse that sits out there on, uh, that, that's out, out, I'm sorry, that's out there in the hurricanes, that's out there in the storms, it stands. Meanwhile, inland, all the other things are demolished. Lighthouse stands, but inland is destroyed. And as I was praying, I was thinking about that, that picture of stability, that picture of steadiness, no matter what the hurricane, no matter what the force is going around them. And, and I thought, in my mind, it was just as quick as could be. What makes that lighthouse stand? And it was because it's set on a firm rock foundation that does not move. So, in our world today, if we as Christians are tossed around by everything and we're, ah, we're as crazy as the world, we get emotional like the world, we have to stand and be secure in knowing who our God is. Listen, I'm gonna pray for the elections. I'm not praying direction. I'm praying this country would be healed. So God, in the next months, I ask you, for your sovereignty and your hand to be upon our leadership right now and the leadership to come. I'm not gonna be swayed. I'm not gonna be moved around. I'm not gonna cut stock market crashes. My stability is not in the stock market. My stability is on the rock of Christ Jesus. And I will not be moved. I will not, I will not be swayed. I won't be tossed by the winds and waves. So with that being said, Father, Help us to do that. Help us to see that mental picture. God, I don't know why that came to you, but help us see that mental picture that we are not built on sinking or shifting sand. We are built upon the rock. When our faith is tested, when we are questioned, when we're ridiculed and mocked, God, like it happens, Lord, it happens. Help us to stand secure, knowing that you our defender. Speak to us through your word. Speak to us through people. Speak to us through circumstance. But most importantly, Holy Spirit, speak to our souls and guide and direct us. We're going to sing the Spirit lead me where my feet. I just want to sing that and just let that kind of speak to you. And then we'll come back and close and sing that part. Spirit lead me. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. And take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. My faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. One more time. Without borders, 
One more time. Eyes closed. I just feel like today you're here, you're discouraged, or maybe you've been going through a hard time or a dark place. Today you're here and you came to this place and you, you, you came, maybe came with your family, you came by yourself and you walked in here and you really weren't really looking forward to coming. You really didn't know why you were coming. Maybe you've had such a dark place you've been going through, such a hard place you've been facing. You almost feel like God has kind of walked away or God's kind of abandoned you or God's kind of forsaken you. You feel very alone. Head bowed and eyes closed. Is that you here today? Can I just pray for you? Father, help those individuals to know they are never alone for God. You love them. You care for them. And while they may feel abandoned, while they may feel forsaken, Lord, may they know that your word says you never leave us nor forsake us for you are always there. That God, you strengthen them and you let them know from this day on, God, you are their source and you are their strength. Let them not look to their to a friend or a family member. Help them to look to you, Jesus, that you would be their comfort and you would be their guide. And I pray that, God, you bring them such a peace like they could ever know. They would never, ever understand the kind of peace you're going to give them right now, but I pray the peace to be still and to know that you are God. I thank you for that, God. Every day, be still and know. Help us look at our schedules, God. Set aside time to be still and know that you are God. Lord, I pray you watch over us. Keep us safe. We pray over our community as just before we go, we pray over our community as it's facing the, uh, the coronavirus as any, many communities are, God. We pray that you would give the doctors wisdom and that you would guide and direct you. And most importantly, you heal. You heal and you heal in the name of Jesus. That God, you heal. That you heal in the name of Jesus. That God, you watch over us, protect us, keep us in your hand until we meet again. And everybody said, You've been listening to a ministry of Crossview Church in Keokuk, Iowa with Pastor Kevin Hardcastle. For more information about service times and activities, visit our website, crossviewkeokuk.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.